Gather round, Spookbox Nation, and welcome back to Spookbox, the only podcast. I'm joined, as always, by my two semi-sentient finger puppets, Heather. <laughs> Hi. And Connor. <laughs> and this week, we are to- taking a look at animated David Firth's Salad Fingers series. Uh, guys, very early, well, for me at least, very early internet sort of... Uh, fodder the kind of thing that i would get yeah. my friends around the computer to say like check out this weird shit look at him <laughs> yeah it's or your so weird. older sibling would peel your eyes open and make you see make it. make you watch it yeah <laughs> definitely um before we get into it i really wanted to ask like what did we think of salad fingers in 2020 and what memories do we have of salad fingers indeed right. from back then um i didn't understand it when i was younger obviously um and I was a child. But yeah, a child. I was a ch- I was but a child. So a wee bairn. Um, yeah, just confusion, but not necessarily reluctance to revisit it. And I actually, I found it really interesting mm-hmm. watching it in twenty twenty. I'm not quite sure how much I would have seen when I was younger, but I was definitely aware of it. I, yeah, so I definitely didn't. I only really am familiar with maybe the first four episodes or something. Right. Because yeah, there's such a, such a long gap between them. It's like 2004 to 2019, last year. Yeah. So yeah. that's when he, I don't know if this is the final one. I don't know if he's billed it as the final one, but... Yeah, I don't, it didn't say anything about no. it being the final one. I think. Well, was... I was reading that he's had some meetings with Netflix, uh. but it's that way in the industry where they've had him over for like... Daddy Warbucks. 20 meetings like flying back and forth to LA and then nothing materializes and then it's like I would have to live in LA and go to these meetings like every week for someone I to I would have to live in LA and yeah. I don't want to what do that must a pitch meeting with David Firth be like hi David we really like the angle of salad, salad fingers. fingers yes we made the walking dead here so we'd be interested in maybe a 10 episode contract you'd be producing one every couple of days to create a whole season well i don't know about that i'm not very good at animation (laughs) (laughs) is essentially what his reply would be i I feel like ellie would be a fountain of inspiration for salad fingers though it would it would take it in a new direction yeah it would be a different dystopia it's not as if david firth hasn't had anything to do with sort of american production companies anyway because umbilical cord his sort of feature length compilation thing was Mm. um i believe distributed by brain feeder who are a music label Aye, that doesn't surprise me that much. Because he he's made a music video for Flying Lotus twice. Wow. I believe. I also want to, while we're talking about his CV, say that he worked on Charlie Brooker's TV show doing oh, animation in like 2005. Yeah. And this was pre-Black Mirror uh, when Charlie Brooker was just doing like screen, sarcastic... Wipe, I think it was. Aha, uh-huh, commentary. Mm. So... Maybe he inspired Black Matter. <laughs> I want to add to Don't his know. CV, worst use of um, Avril 14, or as I like to call oh, it, yeah, yeah. Avril Couture's. Avril Couture's. Is that actually that song? Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. He chucks it in in like the third episode. Like, yeah, something like that. It's the picnic episode, I think. Yeah. I think it is. And it just kind of comes in, hangs around like a fart, and then <laughs> fades away. Oh, it's great. <laughs> Um, he's into that kind of thing. He puts a lot of sort of boards of Canada and um, Brian Eno and Apex oh, really? Twin in his in his Salad Fingers and other videos as well. It's interesting he's into that, that like, kind of thing. 
that that kind of ambient music only works if you don't live in like a dystopia (laughs) like there's a privilege to it for it to be like enjoyable yeah it's not enjoyable in salad fingers you know that's something i actually wanted to kind of get back to that that whole idea of um uh, dystopia versus privilege because i think it is something it's something that kind of freaks me out about his work and I, I, there's I, like yeah, poverty yeah. in it Hopefully i think it'll be a, a natural point to put it in um just to get i don't know to sort of bring it back to the question to bring it back to myself sure, uh, as sure. I, I, I love to do um you know yeah i first saw salad fingers again at a at a friend's house you know there was a 10 of us crowded around something awful.com or something similar um i think you actually you had to get a link to from websites like something awful.com to then go to his actual website back in the day they went on um new grounds i feel like they were on new grounds really i think i might have seen them on new grounds I, i'm pretty sure that we had to navigate to his website specifically mm. definitely oh god pre pre youtube yeah yeah, yeah yeah but but i think new grounds is where i watched them maybe e-bombs world i'm not too sure but sure. I, I think it was the something awful.com forums and we gathered around and the idea was to just you know watch the uh watch these scary cartoons and the bit that my friends found most frightening were the odd sound effects you know yeah. those those uh, the stings you know the yeah uh, I, I thought they were there that i i just realized the other day how often i kind of think about that sort of yeah. as a gag the sort of it's really simple, but the silence met with sort of jarring sound. I know, kind it, of humor. It, it's peekaboo, isn't it? Yeah, it's it the, is peekaboo. Yeah. yeah, so it's funny in a in a sense. <laughs> the surprise. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I didn't see that coming. Woo. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I found most disturbing at the time was, you know, as you're talking about here, this 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 distance between um, dystopia and privilege. You know, I I found it just terrifying the idea that there's this character somewhere out in the wilderness mm. um you know whose whose idea of reality is so fractured that they've mm. become homicidal and just demented beyond mm-hmm. beyond all all reason now I, I actually think that it gets a little easier to bear now that i've seen the later episodes he, he you know david firth makes it quite clear that salad fingers is not human you yeah, I suppose so? so. Yeah, that that was my reading in the later episodes. Maybe, or maybe, yeah, or, or or perhaps we don't know about this great war thing. There's mention of a great war. Well, yeah, I had a reading of that. I thought that I think it's actually very now that it, so okay. So that was the, the that's me and my child. Mm-hmm. That's the childer yeah. uh, engagement with Salad Fingers. That's sweet Connor there. Bear, bear. Salad Fingers, um, <laughs> but. Uh, now, coming at it from a slightly more mature perspective, I actually think that it is. Yeah, I'll go. I'll put my cards out on the table. I'll go whole hog with this. I think it's fiercely critical of a kind of um, centrist or center right traditionalist British mentality. Yes, that's I, I, that's I what I picked I up on too, yeah. and and so I didn't expect to have this affection for it in 2020 yeah and i didn't know if i was like retroactively imbuing that in it but i think it's there and i also i think the funniest thing is that the character of salad fingers has no um awareness or criticality of his situation he upholds like 
proper British manners and yeah. speech, mm-hmm. which like that kind of indoctrination into Britishness. Yes. And he uses very sort of antiquated your oppressors is like really in the antiquated language, in the antiquated sort of sayings and, and speech. And yeah. it, and it, those are the bits that you laugh at because it's so odd to see somebody so down on their luck. Mm-hmm still perform britishness exactly. in that way yeah yeah have you have either of you read um or gosh i think there might be a movie of it you know but or or seen a or, or listened to an audiobook of it or something but uh john files is the collector i haven't no, but it's no. always you recommended it yeah oh my oh scared the absolute bellocks off me so it did is he a british author is that Ooh. or you just think it's I relatable think it's... in terms of the i always thought he was british but i might be wrong about the it. like sort of personality oh it's, of it's in time well i don't know so i fingers. thought it was very uh, uh very appropriate you know i thought there's a yeah. lot of connections between two but the um the the antagonist in uh, the collector is y- y- sticking very rigidly to very conservative british ideals mm. um you know ha- and has fiercely repressed sexuality yeah, the repressed sexuality is definitely mm. an interesting point to bring up, actually. I think that fits under the umbrella of, like, conservative Britain, for sure. Yeah. Like, he, to me, he's a Tory, but, like, a pitiable Tory, because he's a poor Tory. That's yeah, salad dirty fingers. Dirty immigrants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Right, well, before we press on, shall I just read off a little synopsis of what I could sort of scrounge up yeah that yeah. would be great yeah try to synopsize salad I'm, i you know what i'm just trying to sort of hi- highlight a few of the sort of main moments and just give a general vibe of what to expect from a salad fingers okay video uh, the 11 episodes of salad fingers revolve around the bizarre antics of salad fingers a green hunch hunchbacked individual who has a loose grip on reality fair to say yeah, I, I hope it's fair to say as well that your accent has gone weirdly Northern British. I This is this is much more like... Uh, it has had a bigger impression on me than I thought it did. Salad fingers. Salad fingers. Fingies. He has a Northern English accent and three long, tenderless, quote-unquote, fingers on each of his hands. <laughs> or, to quote another David Firth animation, the Jerry Jackson one, where he parodies salad fingers... Uh, Oh no, I'm the Salant Man, and I live in a house, and I'm great creepy, and like, whoa, it's right sick. Um, <laughs> there's horrible things happening, and, and I got creepy fingers. <laughs> Jerry Jackson there. The first few episodes introduce us to the habits of salad fingers, such as his love of touching rusted objects, in particular spoons, and the menagerie of inert objects he calls his friends, such as three, fing- such as three finger puppets, Hubert Cumberdale, Marjorie Stewart Baxter, and Jeremy Fisher, and the corpse of a man named Harry, whom Salad Fingers calls Milford Cubicle. Salad Fingers lives in a desolate wasteland in a small shack numbered 22. As the series progresses, more details about Salad Fingers and the world, or at least the world as he perceives it, reveal themselves. There is, or was, a great war during which Salad Fingers' brother Kenneth was a soldier. In episode 7, Salad Fingers finds a corpse outside his house, whom he recognises as Kenneth, apparently being on shore leave. The tree outside Salad Fingers' house, which he calls Mr. Branches, is apparently sentient, speaking in the voice of a distressed child. In episode 9, a gooey black mass bursts from Salad Fingers' stomach. Believing he has given birth to a daughter, he names the black mass Yvonne. In attempting to give away Yvonne to his neighbour, he forgets and instead washes his neighbour's windows with the black mass. 
In episode 11, the latest episode to date, Salad Fingers and improved Hubert Cumberdale, a version of his finger puppet friend, made into a, quote-unquote, real boy by stitching together masses of discarded skin. Struggle under the domineering demands of Salad Fingers' mirror world brother and mother. After a slew of psychedelic imagery, and I think some of the best in the series, I think we can probably agree, uh, the mirror world Salad Fingers switches places with the real Salad Fingers? Debatable, debatable. Um, That's Salad Fingers, basically, kind of. Okay, it's funny. I actually think that episode is the most, like, narratively recognizable or coherent like, i think that's probably fair yeah and so it's my least favorite yeah oh, it's funny. i think that's fair it's very it, funny. it does it does feel fair it does feel i don't know tonally it, it feels similar but yeah it is different in a sense it's that the there most is, like an episode there's an arc yeah there's, there's an, arc. an arc there's a recognizable arc i think sure there's almost like an action sequence in it which is really strange yes <laughs> yes yes it's I, quite odd yeah it's, it is the thing that scares me most and i would i would like to to, to say why yeah, why does it scare you i'll tell you why um but first i'm gonna keep everybody in suspense um, no, it does. It scares me so, so much. But at the same time, hearing you recount the actual plot details, there's no, I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It is, it is, it is comical. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. So it's weird for me to have something that is so obviously funny mm-hmm. be the thing that scares me the most. But all right, the reason it scares me the most is because it makes me terrified of dementia uh and of losing my grasp of reality to the point that i would perceive objects as different things than i but it's it's salad fingers's own confidence in their imaginary world Mm -hmm. and uh, you know there's an unerring confidence there but but and it all seems to make sense and and to reassure and comfort salad fingers but it, mm-hmm. but it is terrifying to to the external world yeah and and that would be fine if that's something that never happened within reality mm-hmm. but it is something that can happen within reality especially mm. if you live alone especially if you're so isolated that you you become demented and you you you, you lose that grasp of reality. Mm-hmm. So this is my worst nightmare. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm just a bit creepy and think that I have Salad Fingers weirdness in me at some mm-hmm. level. Yeah. Like, oh no, that's just me if I was left alone too long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But seriously, that is the thing. That is the reason it scares me the absolute most. Right. Out of anything else that I've seen. On that- it's that you don't actually think he's a, a bad guy. You think he's a victim. Ooh. I think regardless of I think regardless of what you think of him I as think he's a good or bad, but he, yeah. he is he is a victim. Yeah. He's clearly a he's victim. He's a victim he's of clearly, something. A, he's clearly know? a victim of something, and I think maybe of his own sort of imagination of his own being trapped inside his own head. Mm. One thing is interesting me here. You're all saying he. Yeah. So I wanted to pick up on this. I noticed that you said they. Yeah. I think maybe you're onto something with that. I'm not convinced. Well, first of all, I mean, m- men can lactate, but. I've started doing it now, but salad fingers but, can I thought lactate. you meant lactating, and but I was like, okay, we need to talk lactate. about this. <laughs> salad fingers, well, he can lactate. Well, um, please don't mistake my use of he pronoun for gendering. 
I mean, uh, like, he, hey, she, guys. whatever. <laughs> guys, hey, come on, guys. I think that's I think that's an interesting point, though. I think I think yeah, I don't think there's anything in the show that. I don't know that anyone ever refers to Salad Fingers as he. I don't even think Salad Fingers refers to themselves as he. I think Salad Fingers thinks that they are a very pretty lady. That's a good point. I think that, yeah, you're basing it off of the recognisable biology of lactating and giving birth. And singing in front of crowds of soldiers, isn't it? I think it's meant to be a Vera Lynn song. Yes. Yeah, so it's, yeah. No, that's so funny. we no, like, so you I, think I, I'm not I found that heart. I actually found that heartbreaking. So you think you think he's so quite sad. doing it all wrong? Doing it's in it the wrong. wrong. So you but, think he's quite old then, because you got de- dementia from him, and because of his references are to kind of like trench life of the First World War. Mm. Like he then talks about the Great War. Like, do you, do you think this is a like a pensioner aged character? And is that why you get that sort of like fear and sadness? Because because I'm influenced by the collector, and because he does have a mother character in it, and be, and also I'm going to go so far as to say because of the show's innate mimetic, um, you know, sort of presentation. You, it's so fun to imitate Salad Fingers. I think that there's a theme in the show of mimesis and that Salad Fingers is just aping things that his yeah. probably long deceased mother used to say. Right. You know, so I, I think when he's talking about the Great War, that's something that a, a mother or a grandmother used to mm-hmm. talk about. And right. Now, and now they are just talking about it in a vacuum um, with reference to absolutely nothing. So just the same way that like the daily express or you know the the mirror you know any any right-wing murdoch paper will just seem will just ape keep calm and carry on and yeah you know just has these these endless looping echoes of of nationalism and patriotism about britain that seem to be emptied of all meaning but a connection to a kind of nebulous collective past exactly yeah yeah but i think that like the way that he's aping them in his particular environment and context to me shows how people ape them in context where it's not appropriate as well like it's never appropriate but this idea of there's a you know a greater power of Britain. Yeah. Like he he's spouting the propaganda, but like look at his life. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And exactly. that's what really resonated with me was the like just like the unquestionable adherence to the British ideology and the discord between that and his lived reality. Mm. Like there is a sense as well of, you know, I think of things like a faded empire. It's, yeah. It feels as if Salad Fingers lives on the fringes of a kind of faded empire. And, I don't know, like like uh, people who sort of valorize that sort of time, yeah. they do feel as though they live in a kind of wasteland waiting for the empire to rise again. And, like, the, in terms of these wastelands, mm. like, I started reading a bit about and around the boring dystopia Facebook page that Mark Fisher made yeah of britain where it was like a sort of project for people to like self-submit 
photos of things they'd seen mm-hmm. as opposed to share memes or other content like just let's share everything we're seeing at the ground level of Britain and how um, much of a wasteland it, it is yeah. kind of thing despite all the propaganda just to cut through it mm-hmm. um, which then gets shut down and then by by Mark Fisher but then obviously Mark has since died mm-hmm. um, so it's a really interesting thing to look into like his research and his ideas and his thoughts on Brennan but since I've been reading about that recently I couldn't help but see salad fingers through that lens yeah yeah yeah. yeah. and this idea of like a british wasteland where people continue to harp on about the great war Mm -hmm. and and continue to perform manners um but there's barely any food and um people have lost their minds (laughs) one of the things that it's interesting that you bring up mark fisher because one of the things that i think Mark Fisher, having formerly been a, a sort of music writer as well as being a political sort of yeah. writer, I do see Salad Fingers in 2020 as being this part of this sort of continuum of post-punk almost. Yeah. yeah. Of being a sort of a sort of distinctly countercultural British phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Maybe more specifically English, actually. Yeah. I see things like... I don't know if you guys have read or heard of England's Hidden Reverse. It's a book about um, sort of avant-garde uh, DIY production in the UK. Um, I think of Salad Fingers being of a of a sort of of a kind of the same kind of thing mm-hmm. as like n- Nurse with Wound and things like Coil. People who do play with these shapes of sort of almost like archaic britishness there's mm-hmm. one nurse with wound recording in particular that i think of called um soliloquy for lilith and i think that's what it's called oh it's, it's a different one and um it's just this long piece of this child talking to themselves and this sort of haughty uh british woman going don't be naive darling as if to sort of it's sort of cartoonish it's cartoonish mm. sort of englishness yeah. repeated to the point of becoming sort of terrifying becoming well, that's it. It is something like madness and 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 that's it the the similarity to madness mm. is um if you're from one of the kind of um borderline communities to that if you're raised in britain but not in the heart of that indoctrination and madness yeah then you you view it in that way you you're you're never really in it and so you see it for what it is because there's maybe like a failed indoctrination in your community Mm. so i've always seen the madness in it and um like if you if you there's obviously so many accents across the uk and um if you grew up with one that wasn't rp like chances are you had some form of indoctrination in your school to speak a little Mm -hmm. bit more like this yeah so we've all experienced that and then salad fingers is just a very cathartic character because he he has successfully taken on that accent some could say but he's absolutely 
fucking bonkers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's lost his mind. Like, he has the required Britishness. Mm-hmm. And also I think but look at his lived experience. Mm-hmm. There's also some kind of catharsis, and I, I think, in, in the sort of violence and the gore of the series, I think, as well. That does Absolutely. feel counter to uh, this sort of idealized idea of Britishness and of good manners and of good taste. Um, because it is the British Empire which obviously comes to mind with the with the references that Salad Fingers makes when he's speaking about great wars and the building of this Britishness and the British ideology like the British Empire and the violence they committed has always been concealed it's never if if you're part of the mainland mm. not the commonwealth of countries that um were colonized you you've you've kind of been given this indoctrination about how great britain are but none of the gory details Mm -hmm. as to how that greatness was achieved so i think the gore is a really good inclusion in salad fingers because um i guess there's like a collective unconscious of like but what happened like you know there's there's meat and there's rotten flesh behind britishness Mm. The two go hand in hand. Mm. Yeah, the the thing that I can't help but think about when I um, consider mad Britishness um, is uh, Samuel Beckett's "Not I." Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know that just that yeah. mouth uh, with a British accent, just sort of harping on uh, on into the darkness. Now, I, I don't know if it's always done with that British accent, but there are some uh, allusions to certain things that are interesting. I suppose Harold Pinter as well um, yeah have you seen uh have either of you seen the oh god not the caretaker birthday party have you seen the birthday party uh, no oh ridiculously scary play um which you know culminates in these strangers coming to a, a beach side um hotel and i think i think they actually rape a woman at one point mm. in the darkness um, but, but just prior to that moment, there's a, a, a monologue about getting getting your library book at Boots yeah. and about the great British Empire. And it's it's crazy because this was done in like the 50s, you know, so mm-hmm. it's... Um, so this is, yeah, the time you would think that people are nostalgic for, essentially the time that people are nostalgic for now, in a sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or just, know. just, you know, post-war, I guess. So I, I guess that's the thing, you know, the, the idea that there's always been this nostalgia. But moving on, do you guys have anything more that you wanted to say about that kind of, you know, I, I suppose British colonialism? That's yeah, just one it? more thing, I guess, like it, it brings to mind like Germany and how, I mean, I interpret that they met their atrocities sort of head on in a sense. And like right. German identity now is kind of relieved of some of the pressure and the guilt of the past maybe but i don't think that that has happened in britain and um i think as far as you can tell there were people who were able and willing to do that i to think do that it, was most, work. it was mostly a sort of the next generation yeah the people, but i just people who were wanted to say that comparatively like if you want to compare it to germany and um like I think about Berlin and the kind of nexus of f- sort of freedom and discovering your identity it is for so many young people now mm. that that's taken place somewhere that previously has this like very 
difficult, violent past is, is really interesting. Whereas if you compare that to Britain and how confined and stuffy it feels, it, I think it's just to do with that reluctance to like air out your dirty laundry, man. Like talk mm. about it. Mm. Like and and the and the whole idea of just like shutting it up. So, it is it is interesting, but um, you know, sort of just to add to that, that instead of I think there being a sort of a right way versus a wrong way of doing things, I think. Instead, oh no, I just wanted to compare, like, but. Yeah. yeah. No. 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 But just not not saying yes or no. But instead, um, you know, adding to that, I think what we see with things like that comparison is the cycle of sort of um, uh, the acceptable center and the the um, the the outside of the center, uh, the center and periphery of ideology where in Germany uh, yes there has been an attempt uh, within the kind of center uh, you know within dominant political parties and education systems and education uh, policies to deal with the the legacy of the Holocaust and to deal with the legacy of the atrocities of the Second World War Um, but now what we're starting to see on the periphery in in Germany is a a rising um, interest in right-wing politics Mm-hmm. Uh, which is really disquieting, you know, mm-hmm. um, particularly down in uh, Austria as as yeah. well, you know, so yeah. um, a, diff- a different country, but, you know, nevertheless. Um, and then I think by comparison, what we have in in Britain um, is that within the, the, the centre ideology, you know, our current dominant political party um, adheres very closely to these ideas of of. Britain's former greatness mm-hmm. and and our our periphery, you know, our um, our our most um, questioning academics and our our um, you know our our writers that have a political bent, you know, continue to to question then that that past or you know an artist like David Firth, you know, mm-hmm. questions that political past and political yeah, no, no, I, I absolutely know that people are doing that and working to do that in the arts and in academia but i i just i get the sense that the government has never owned up to oh yeah no absolutely and that that yeah, was yeah. just the comparison i wanted to make was that like i think that could make a difference maybe yeah no no but maybe t- it's but too late now again i don't but know i suppose all i was saying is just that you know more than there being I think they should. I do think it. that's really interesting. They should do it. You know, you stick your oar yeah. in because surely you want the center to be better. You don't want the center to be weird and right wing, but you know, just that the center always begets the periphery, um, right? So yeah, you sort of sort of get with that. Anything else to say about that kind of colonial side of things? Because there's something I want to go on to. Mm, there's probably more to say about the colonial side of things. I think maybe I was trying to get at that while I was watching, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it. But yeah, because. There is an immigrant reference. There's a, yeah, there's an immigrant joke. In it. Or I think yeah. it's actually you dirty immigrant yeah. or dirty something. Immigrant. Yeah, yeah, about about. Oh God, I was going to call it Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> it is definitely not called. <laughs> Just Benedict some Cumberbatch. I think he's predict. I think I think David Firth predicted Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. <laughs> what is it? What's he the birthed him into Hubert, creation. Hubert Cumberdale. Hubert Cumberdale. What's the horse called? Because uh, I wanted to call called? him Horse Horsington, but it's definitely Ho- not. Oh, I, I, okay. I'm gonna look this up. Okay, because I really liked the horse. I thought yeah. the horse was really sweet, and it seemed like Salad Fingers cared about the horse. Yeah, 
Um, because when Doctor Doctor Patanak or whatever he was called ate yeah. the horse's insides, he's like, "I know it hurts. Just let the doctor let eat the your doctor blood. Eat your blood." Um, no. Uh, so what I wanted to say about the um, the dirty immigrant line was that I felt like um, it was Horace horse collar. Um, you know i felt like the the sort of there was a subtext of um you know british ideology and Mm. and, uh, questioning or or queering british ideology uh under under the surface and then i felt like that line draws it out makes it explicit you know yeah Yeah. this is a an absurd cartoon that is critiquing british identity now you know. when did that episode air the the one with that line because i wonder if that maybe was a newer one i think that, one was I think that was newer and i wonder yeah. if that made you know i wonder if the impact of like the kind of turn to the right in the last it's 2007 episode 8 2007 oh, mm-hmm. i feel like oh i thought it was episode 9 he was really ahead of his time then in terms of like that critique well, if you sort of consider what was going on in two thousand and seven, you know then. there was the there was the the rise of that sentiment that was starting to drive, sure. you know, because you know around two thousand and eight you had Gordon Brown as prime minister, and mm. you know a, a huge loss of faith in um, in Labour as a political party. You yeah, know, there was yeah. the, the right. I mean, because there were there were um, was it EDL or was it? Uh, BNP references in Peep Show around that time. Uh, e- EDL, yeah, EDL, I think EDL it, yeah. because of uh, there's that one episode where Mark has a has a racist friend. Oh, but also um, Jeremy goes to that. Um, oh, we've gone way off topic. It's okay, Jeremy, I think these are all, it's all related. I, know, I, yeah. get, I think yeah, I think they're all of a piece. Jeremy goes to that life that life coaching um, seminar. That's right. Yeah. Her EDL membership card <laughs> fell out of her purse. <laughs> <laughs> and she still gets the life coaching certificate, whereas he doesn't. Um, but yeah, I think the the colonial thing definitely is there. I just, but while it's still in my head, I wanted to bring up, I think the absurdity in this, while I'm someone who always likes to look at text, but apply text and textual readings to social issues. Mm. You know, I'm, I... I think it's sort of, I hate um, in-universe explanation for things. I hate it. Yeah, yeah. apparently a bunch of like American theorists like 10 years ago were like, is Salad Fingers a zombie? And David Firth was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's just what Yorkshire is like. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like in-universe interpretations aren't really useful, are they? It's the wiki reading. It's boring. But wiki salad fingers, wiki yeah. fandom. Yeah, yeah. But what were you going to say? Did you have a thought on on the, an in-universe idea? Because maybe they can be useful. I don't know. Because I do think that, I do think You've there gone are sort of somewhere. there Is are sort okay? of within the series of salad fingers. I think there are sort of very subtle references to other episodes, as if to imply that some objects have some special qualities, or and they sort of become our reference later on in the series this is exactly it go on then it's happening yeah what you i think because the absurdity of salad fingers is so extreme yeah you yeah. can't help your brain to try and save you from going genuinely mad uh-huh. tries to create logic to this world 
the thing that did it for me, the thing that triggered me into attempting to create some kind of wiki fandom reading of Salad Fingers is yeah. the Salad Fingai. If I may pluralize Salad Fingers. Right. There's, there's, Not necessary. <laughs> <laughs> Why are there multiple? The salad Fingerverse. There's, no, but you know the way that there's multiple, like, because Salad Finger, I'm going to male gender Salad Fingers when he's doing something, mm. you know, overtly stupid and violent um when he eats a version of himself yeah mm-hmm. that that episode where it seems as if he is changing places with a lot of his sort of creations his sort of yeah mm-hmm. the inert objects he calls his friends it is oh god i just realized you know i'm so indoctrinated by education sometimes i don't even realize the first um, module i ever did at university was a thing in english literature called ghosts and doubles yeah. So as soon as there's like a uh, you know a, a duplicate of a character or a clone or something, I'm like, oh, literature, literature. <laughs> That's right. No, I think I did a similar module in my university. It's the thing that thing Nerds. of the the, the nemesis and all that sort of stuff, and it's like, but you know, once that there was a cl- as soon as there was a clone, a mirror of Salad Fingers in the show, then. I started thinking, well, what could it be? You know, yeah. and then when there was five of them sitting around a table, mm-hmm. but they all had distinct characteristics, yeah, then, yeah, I, yeah. then I was like, but then I, I still felt this need to then tie it into Britishness. Mm-hmm. And the, the fact that he has the retractable skin on his fingers. <laughs> that um, I uh, as, as a sort of bit, standalone bit, that was a great thing to have in one of the... F- the final episode, if not one of the final episodes. I think it's second mm-hmm. to last. I, and he I, uses it to write like that a was very great. To polite think, to letter think or something. That, mm-hmm. To think that his finger could retract this whole time and we didn't know. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. So disgusting. I love it. Um, the, the retractable finger thing. Uh, do you know about um, Broughton Heath? No. Uh, it's Mm-mm. where... I might be saying that wrong, but I'm fairly sure Broughton Heath is where um, English, the British military developed their strain of anthrax. Okay. Right. Um, you know, trust a Northern Irish person to have loads of information about the British military. Do you know, they hey, do up, you know they've made anthrax? They're up the bad things, uh, so they were. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, like Broughton Heath is where they developed anthrax and where they did chemical tests on sort of like super chemical weapons when mm-hmm. it seemed like chemical weapons were going to be the kind of driving form of Are you talking of about warfare. the 50s here? Or uh, actually, during the Cold War. Okay, yeah. So, um, because during that time, um, governments around the world agreed to stop producing chemical weapons. Yeah. But at the same time, um, spies across the world were relaying information to one another. So, you know, the Russian spies were talking about British chemical weapons to the Russian military, and uh-huh. the British spies were talking about Russia's chemical weapons to the British. So everyone knew everyone was developing these insane chemical mm-hmm. weapons. Yeah, but they and they all knew that they had intelligence and counterintelligence programs, but none of them could um, could report on it. You know, they couldn't speak openly. So, yeah. they, so yeah. they were signing these treaties to stop the development of chemical weapons in full knowledge that everyone was still developing them. But they couldn't say it because then they would have to admit that they had these intelligence programs. Sure. You know, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the reason I bring it mm-hmm. up is that I, I think that something that we tend to forget, in much the same way as the sort of the colonial reading, um, you know, you were saying that there is there are dead bodies under Britain. Mm. You know, there there are there's a legacy of weird science under Britain yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, these uh, these backdoor. Um, uh, programs that there were had, uh, like uh, the um, 
the initiative during the Second World War where George Orwell was part of a secret group of, of um, high, highly intelligent people whose job it was to uh, assassinate people if they were suspected of being possible Marxists. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it there are these weird little legacies. So... As I was seeing these clones of salad fingers, my brain, to prevent me from just going pure into absurd Nietzschean madness, Mm -hmm. was like, it must be that these are the results of chemical (laughs) tests. Right, okay. That's why he's so connected to the military. That's why he's been abandoned in the middle of this hell-blasted wasteland. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's why this pipe can show up out of nowhere. Why why people who seem to be in in relative states of, um, you know, good health, like that little boy that shows up in the first episode, you know, that's why these people can show up. I wouldn't have said that they were in good health. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. But he's definitely been discarded by the government in whatever way... You yes. want to read that. So yeah. in the same way that like the anthrax program was then left, but but mm. you actually can't go on to Broughton Heath now. You can't uh, dig up the ground on Broughton Heath because you might accidentally uh, unearth weaponized anthrax. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so cool. to me, he gave me that idea. Cool, 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 cool. cool. <laughs> so cool, but also lame. Don't do in universe readings of things. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no, I, no. I mean like no, so, cool, so, cool, 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 cool about Broughton Heath, like. Nice, nice. I understand. There's I understand chemical this. weapons under Britain. I understand nice. this kind of, you know, this need for in-universe readings. I don't know that I was ever looking for those when I was watching Salad Fingers. I, yeah. I sort of, I think maybe I had been watching it in the same way that I, as a college student in doing my art and does art and design foundation course, watched Ocean um, Andalou or Maya Deren, like as a surrealist. Almost. Sorry, do we have a giant Dadaist. button to press when someone's too pretentious? <laughs> yeah, no. All right, yeah. Sorry. I mean, we but, don't because we just have to press it the whole time. Yeah. But, but, I, but I did, but I did. Anything. <laughs> but, but I did, you know, I, I felt like something like Salad Fingers appealed to me, I think, at the ages of 18 because uh, I, I, could, I could see that what was happening was just sort of non sequitur, I thought. I thought of being, right. being just sort of a series of, images put together simply to provoke something dream logic dream logic some kind of reaction in the viewer um and you know the fact that a lot of it has to do with body horror is just a sort of bonus really that is it's trying to sort of it's drawing attention to the kind of fleshiness and the kind of disturbed nature of humanity itself along those lines can i tell you about the nightmare i had last night yeah absolutely so i had a nightmare that we had david firth on the show okay um, I mean, he has been sat right there this whole time. Hi, <laughs> David. You all right? Yeah. I'm, I'm all right. right. Yeah. I've got two voices. <laughs> I like that we He's had got da- an echo. <laughs> we had David Firth on one hand and Kate Bush on the other. <laughs> I like salad fingers. I do it with an Adam's apple. What do you want me to do about it? <laughs> I had this dream that we had David Firth on the show. Yeah. And then, you know, in the third episode i think it is where salad fingers ends up in a box yes in in the cage and then he's able to somehow show that he has like mastery of this universe yeah where he draws that curtain and then flies away then on flies a away. <laughs> that i think is the most dream logic episode but just that little curtain actually really freaks me out oh and I dreamed that we had David Firth on the show. Everything was going really well. And then at some point, he just started going, 
I don't like this. And then he just lowers the curtain. <laughs> I need to leave. And yeah, draw like drip the curtain. But that he he was really frightening in this dream. Yeah. And yeah, and then he was able to just evaporate and disappear even mm. after dropping a curtain on himself. So yeah, that was my nightmare last night. It's hard to make nightmares as scary the day after as they are at the time. I woke up oh, in a yeah, profuse sure. sweat. You know, it's why I've been up since seven o'clock in the morning today. You know, well, maybe that's half like part of the like effort with salad fingers is to make dreams like watchable the next day i don't know maybe it's to try and get david firth into your dreams maybe this is the <laughs> this is next level youtube subscription shit. like i don't just want to be in your youtube subscription feed exactly. i want to be i mean with the like multiple salad fingers thing though like which you were talking about and still salad fin guy the salad fin guy there's there was one more thing i wanted to say about that which is just that salad fingers and um the mary giddle are the only two characters that the ginger girl with like the i wanted to talk about sunday her. dress are the only two characters that speak english um with their mouth words with their own mouth words and mm. and the other salad fingers like salad fingers plural don't and they're I think all it's salad fingers is the salad fingers is all have Finger different pokes. characteristics they, they don't speak with mouth words in the way that salad fingers does i don't know i think maybe like they're just other vessels for like nationalistic um indoctrination from other places maybe are they just his imagination oh. then or are they other forms or or it's like one of these america one of these is one France, of, i one i like to is... think one's america one's well, why isn't it wearing a beret Rush. well oh, uh, so he sad does when he, when he wants to beret. go to france. Oh, when he wants to go to paris france i i genuinely that feel was... sad when he wears the beret yeah, but there's a boy looking at me i'll have to find have paris to... some other day <laughs> it's that's actually really interesting because if you think about traveling by rail or car to france from yorkshire yeah. you have to pass through the south of england yeah and he wants to connect <laughs> up with europe he wants to make it to france but there's this the boy has like uh the little Englander it's, it's, won't it's like him. a security camera it's like a a drone or or some kind of like you know big brother like object won't let him pass yeah amazing britain <laughs> the brexit britain. reading of yeah 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 fingers. north of england scotland uh obviously northern ireland don't even need to say or like <laughs> you always need to say northern ireland okay so as guys we need it. you too you know we have um, fragile or like and wales england's France. fanny packs <laughs> <laughs> you guys can skip on a boat over we're not as worried about you uh, yeah probs actually <laughs> yeah probably yeah we're like in france the continent south of england's like no <laughs> why would you want a croissant when you can have a sausage <laughs> not no. eat the sausage but i mean a cumberland sausage the cumberland not the we're trapped the by German this one. like security camera that is westminster i think britain's let us out um... <laughs> we want to leave we don't like it <laughs> i think england's only dop is a Melton Mowbray pork pie. Mm. I think that is... I. Some people say cheddar cheese. What's a DOP? So, uh, like made in, yes, made in England. Yeah, but said in Europe language. Not good, proud English. Mm. 
Um, so you think it's just a Melton Mulberry, what is it? Pork pie. A pork pie. Yeah. I think that's the only one. What about Cornish pasties? I don't think that they're a DOP. I think you can make a pasty anywhere. Because, mm. I, I mean, look, what is what is a Cornish uh, pasty? You can make a pasty anywhere. What is a Cornish pasty other than an empanada? It's an empanada. That's a good point. So, it's, that's yeah. a really so good point. you know, and I don't think empanada are a DOP because I think basically, like, it's just a hot sandwich that you made with weird pastry. Yeah. You can Instead use flour bread. and yeast anywhere. I don't like empanadas. Sorry, Cornwall. Love empanadas. I don't know. I think I'd rather a sandwich. Yeah, I think Speaking I get of I'd like to Speaking go to sandwich. Spain, but it's the only, on. it's the only normal food. looking at me. Sorry. <laughs> I'd like to go to Brussels, but I'd there's like a weird man looking at me. I'd like to go to Spain, but there's a weird <laughs> man. He won't let me pass. There's a weird man. That's meant to be Boris Johnson. Um... <laughs> No, that doesn't work. Oh, duh. Um, oh my only... god! Literally Brexit. Sorry, <laughs> fuck that <laughs> episode we... is just like resonating with me so much. Literally I'd Brexit. I'd like to go to France, but there's a weird man and he won't let me leave. <laughs> He's a weird man with floppy hair. Yeah. Yeah. That's a question. What was when was that episode made? That one had to be two thousand and that would have been five. Oh, okay, right. Okay, so if even yeah. I would say two thousand and two. Is David first just aware of? sort of like an anti-Europe God, was he, was he reading newspapers and political books It seems then? like he probably was. What? I mean, we were but childs. We were childs, just listening to Lent so Biscuit. The thing is, he must be what? 30, Not that much older 32? Maybe 10 years older than I'm us. I'm literally 32. Well, he must, be, like, he must be the same age as you, I figure. No. He might be. There's no way that he was making he might be. salad I think he's 38. I think he's 38. I think he was making it um, when he was like 25. Well, this is actually something you I reckon? did want to talk about. It's yeah, yeah, I looked sort it of just, Go on. Maybe it'll be a nice way to get us out of the depths of this conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. would be to say, you know, it is worth talking about the aesthetics. You yes. Know, or, or the This technical. is definitely something that I wanted to, to get to at some point. Yeah, the aesthetics. Yeah. Um, What's the, what, what have you got about the aesthetics? Saying that the first one is rudimentary, I think is a little bit dismissive yes it is yeah because did you ever actually use adobe flash yeah all the time <laughs> no i didn't no i didn't oh, adobe I, wow, flash used me <laughs> i mother didn't russia. use it it used me <laughs> actually not just in mother russia everywhere in the world adobe flash uses you that's why it uses it's... you as like the vessel for its Malware. ideas <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why it's not used anymore but um flash was really hard to use yeah right um mm-hmm. it, it was very rudimentary what you could do with it and it's it is quite funny from someone who has also you know played with animation has created animations himself it's funny seeing things like um even them doing parallax scrolling, you know, where there are different layers, there's three different layers of backgrounds in some of the first episodes. It's like, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, you found the parallax scrolling. That's yeah. awesome. That's mm-hmm. good. Um, so there are recognizable sort of uh, methods of then when he starts using when he starts using zoom, yeah. um, in some of the later episodes. Then I th- I am fairly certain that he must have shifted to something like Unity or the Unreal Engine for the final episodes. I think because... yeah, just I think actually just the final episode. I reckon it does have a sort of different feel to there, all of them. Really. I think that what we're looking at by the final episode is a is a three D um, yeah a three D creation. Yeah, I agree. Uh, with then with then two dimensional layers uh, mm-hmm. on top of it, um, and he starts to use things like motion blur. Yeah. Um, 
and and like the layering of different um sort of textures and video playbacks on top of each other and stuff mm-hmm. like that so um it just sort of falls in line with the sort of other cartoon other animations he was making at the time he was using material quite a lot he was right. um, you know burning film and that kind of thing Aww. for or at least what looks like he's burning sort of celluloid it actually started to remind me of um, the secret world of gumball Secret Life of Gumball. Yeah, yeah, I see where you're getting at. Yeah, 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 media, with that mixed media mm-hmm. uh, kind of approach, which made it a bit less two D two D characters in a three D plane kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I you see. I find the first episodes more frightening. Right. Yes. I. I. Yeah. I. I kind of see what you're getting at because there's something about maybe it's something about watching for me at least watching sort of flash animations in 2020 when it doesn't seem like you see them anymore. Oh yeah. They just seem that much more detached, that much more sort of remote. They they seem kind of crude and yeah, like this. These may genuinely be the product of a deranged mind. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I don't think a deranged mind is taking the time to you know, you know, dodge and burn through different layers. Yeah, to allow those transparency effects to take place. You know, mm. I don't think you're taking time to to sync up the uh, the motion blur effects of your of your three D objects on a two D plane. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Um, whereas when it's just this horrible little ragdoll with its horrible stunted jump animation yep. and no shadows, you mm-hmm. know, it kind of reminded me of South Park. Yeah. I think South Park was an influence yeah. for Firth. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it's, yeah. But it also then looks like Homestar Runner, but I don't know. Have I just aged myself? I think he also uh, references I, 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 like... I hear Televit in Legends. <laughs> I think he also references like um, Monty Python and, and weird British shows. It's very Terry Gilliam. Where, it is very Terry Gilliam. Yeah. Where if you're mm-hmm. comparing this to South Park, then like the, there's weirdness without explanation, and like a British audience is is prepared for that maybe. But it's like it's also just like if you think of Terry Gilliam's, I think specifically of Terry Gilliam's animations for Monty Python, mm-hmm. the sort of little what would you I don't know what you'd call them, but. Um, but definitely cut and paste kind of just mm. what would you call it collage type yeah animations um dadaist yeah dadaist but i mean there is just this sense of like i am using the materials i mean <laughs> there is a sense that he's just sort of utilizing the materials he has at hand yeah and i mean in a, in a sense i think pushing them to their limits i guess in he, those early he's the videos. child of two art teachers, and I think that oh, that's he? a very good like breeding mix. Mm. I only think art teachers should provide our children for the rest of time now. <laughs> I love that GCSE art. Like I, I like imagining um, you know those those dataist creators trying their best to kind of cut up the rule book of of what is art in Paris in the in the fifties and sixties, and then mm. I, I, it ultimately finding its home in the GCSE classrooms of, you know, rural British towns. Yeah, 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 that, yeah, is, yeah. that is cool. Right. We have no funding. <laughs> and a, we have a stack of magazines. <laughs> Some very That we got scissors. from the hairdressers after it closed yeah. down. <laughs> I guess we're dadas. <laughs> Um, the amount of GCSE art projects that had, you know, because you have to set up these boards uh, to get graded when you're like 15, 16 in yeah. Britain when you do art. So everybody has these big, uh, you know, A2 boards set up. The amount of them in my school that had data. Really? <laughs> 
like scrawled somewhere amidst these, you know, what was meant to be a year of work that was hastily shat out in yeah, the yeah, last yeah, two weeks before the deadline. Um, I'm so I guess to sort of, to sort of close this podcast, I am curious. Do we think that Salad Fingers is is influential in some way it, it in on the landscape of kind of internet culture 1.5 million subscribers on youtube mm-hmm. you know i mean but do we think of it as being influential in terms of its humor in terms of its sort of aesthetic in terms of its i don't know just general it, it seemed to me that the internet was the only place that i could find anything quite as weird as salad fingers yeah. at one point I think if, I guess I didn't have Adult Swim, which would have existed at the time. Thank you. So yeah. I was going to say, I think something like Salad Fingers really did set up then something like Channel 101, mm-hmm. Justin Roiland um, and Mr. Community. Dan um, Harmon. Yeah, Roiland and Harmon's Channel 101, uh, which has then gone on to spawn Rick and Morty. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if you saw any of the Channel 101 stuff at the time, but there were things like Meet the Cosbys um, yeah. that had a very mm. similar kind of sense of humor you were always waiting for something really deranged to happen yeah Mm -hmm. um you know so has it inspired the mainstream i mean you can't really walk too far away from any city center these days without seeing a fucking pickle rick t-shirt yeah so you know if you can i think you can draw a fairly direct line from salad fingers to channel 101 Mm -hmm. to adult swim to rick and morty i agree yeah to uh, forbidden planet shops hawking pickle rick merchandise you know and i'm really happy that people didn't forget about david firth didn't forget about salad yeah, fingers yeah, yeah. you know that that he has found a new and place yeah and in a sense i think david firth brought this sort of um midnight movie uh vibe to yeah. to a, a sort of bigger audience i guess I to, suppose, to an audience of 14 year olds who had access mm-hmm. to the internet the only olds, I guess, the only misjustice i think with the whole thing would probably be that um noel fielding yeah largely you know just appropriated the kind of salad fingers huh i hadn't thought about that i did that, wonder yeah, about that right. I, I was thinking about mighty bush and... when was yeah. the first series of mighty yeah. bush Ooh, first series of mighty first series of the bush is probably 2007 like the, the kind of like wow. creative nonsense babble and the like yeah. nomenclature of the characters mm-hmm. like that reminded me of mighty bush so yeah. I, I think it was probably I, a reference point for it an imposing figure called, you know, Norma Cubicle. Like, mm. yeah, you know, mm. that's very, um, no, what we what we would call Noel Fielding humor now. Yeah. And I don't think they've ever collaborated. No, as far as I can tell. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it absolutely has had an inspira- a huge inspiration on um, what we would still call countercultural animation or countercultural, mm. you know, aesthetics. And it, it's great that it has maintained that countercultural um, element to itself. It still has edge. Yeah. You know, it would be hilarious if David Firth ended up producing something for Netflix. I could see something on Adult Swim, you know. Yeah. It's a, it's a wonder to me how, how that hasn't happened yet. Mm. I don't know. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Let's get, get at us Netflix, Shudder. David Firth. Yeah, who was who was this week's episode sponsored by? 
This week's episode is sponsored by Newgrounds. Oh, yes. Yeah, and the original Super Meat Boy. Yes, and the original Super Meat Boy. Which I think was just called Meat Boy. I think it was Meat Boy, yeah. Are we just pretending <clears throat> that we have sponsorship? No. No, didn't you get the post? It was in the post. I didn't get the post. Um, out here in the wastelands. <laughs> Netflix just sent us post. <laughs> right. To you, <laughs> With no texture. Anyway, thank you so much oh, for anybody fun. that is yeah, listening. Thanks a lot, everyone. Uh... We'll, we'll we'll be back next week with who knows what i think it's called, i think it's a thing called ghost tv ghost world cool it's, it's not it's, ghost your world. Week, it's your week connor uh, i don't think yeah. there are any ghosts in that we are having a friend of mine who has a phd uh on in tv studies yeah okay uh is gonna walk us through a british documentary drama thing Cool. about ghosts that i can't remember the name of but it's meant to be very good anyway so great love ghosts look out right. for that on the feed Okay, keep spooking. Keep on spooking.